Girls Out Loud podcast. Yo, 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 that is a good one if I've ever heard a yo. Wow, that's good, Jeez. Jamie. Hi, guess what this is? Knock, knock. Hey, who is it? Who's there? Latinos. Latinos who? Latinos out loud! Oh! <laughs> gotcha. Sounds like a loca out loud. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That also is LOL, so that works. That works. Latinos out loud, wow, loca out loud. Now that sounds like a tattoo. Thank oh. you, I like it. Look out loud, coming soon on some flesh. Um, Tramp okay. stamp coming soon. No, that, that real estate's been occupied, so <laughs> we'll have to stamp it somewhere else. But hi, this is most certainly the Latinos Out Loud podcast, just for clarity. Yeah, facts. Just in case, okay? Facts, facts. There's no silence here tonight. Um, the decibel level is higher than it usually is. Don't you guys feel a buzz? There's oh, a buzz yeah. here. Oh, yeah. There's a buzz. There's a buzz. There's a buzz. Yeah. There's a buzz. 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 rumble with the B, huh? Buzz. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to throw a hex on the whole family, but I am dressed in all black like the Omen today. I see that. Um, have your friends singing This Is For My Homies. We're not doing Lil' Kim raps. We're not We're not doing that here. <laughs> but we have so much to talk about. Guys, hi, it's your friend till the very, very end, Rachel La Loca. Hey. Hi. What's up? It's, uh, it's your boy from way back. <laughs> no, I was trying to, do something. <laughs> trying to do another B word, but... Uh, Jay Burns. What up? What up? What up? It's Mr. Frank. 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 Spiracy. 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 From Washington. 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 Hi. 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 Your fake microphone has a lot of feedback, Frank. Oh, it does. Damn it. Yeah. Fix it. Fix it. Fix it. Frank is doing so many things with filters on his Instagram that now he's his own filter, adding echoes and stuff. Do you also do your own like auto tune? Can you yeah. like do that on your voice? Yeah, but, yeah, yo. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. The oh stories are getting. You just yeah. like Drake on his new album. Yeah. Yo, the surprise album, right? Wasn't it a surprise album? Yeah, it was I like, haven't heard it yet. I have to hear it. It's I'm like a lot of good club. About it. It's like a I lot of club it. music. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's strip club music, basically. Strip club Aye. music. Hi. Okay. Is is there a song on there about the hot sauce and the condom? Please tell me there Ooh. is. Please tell me he did a song about it. He has a song called Sticky. Man, that may be something about that. Oh. Oh. It's for real. Oh. It's, it's, it's actually one of the best songs of the album. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love that Sticky. Mm. Well, uh, speaking of Sticky, uh, what did you stick to this weekend, Jamie? Hey, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> That's kind of Speaking of strip clubs and stickiness. Ooh, Let me keep it real. I was a part of a, a bachelor party, at, you know, weekend, pretty much. Ooh. It was like Ooh. Friday and Saturday. What? So this, this particular person was like took up two days or a day and a half. It was like the latter half of Friday, but like pretty much all of Saturday. Damn. Um, yeah, they went they went in. And so 
Um, it started on Friday, you know, drinks, Korean barbecue, which mm. I never turned down. Ooh, y'all Can't did it go up. wrong with that. Mm-mm. I never turned down. Um, that's like that moaning type food where you just eat and you're like, mm. Right. Nobody's talking. Then, they're just mm, 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 <laughs> the whole time. And then they throw you out, you know, because they're like, please, this is very inappropriate. Um, <laughs> and then, then we did karaoke after that. Okay. Oh, I see a uh, theme forming. It, it was, uh, it was a karaoke. A Korean theme? Okay. A Korean theme? Well, we were in K-Town. Shout out to K-Town. All right. Up in uh, Midtown Manhattan. Um, so, and then uh, I think maybe we went to one more bar after that. That was Friday. That was only Friday. Wow. And then we had to wake up the next day to hang out again because they wanted to hang out like at noon, starting at noon. And I'm like, oh, dude, boy. I'm still recovering from tonight, bro. I got home at like 3.30 in the morning or 4. Um, so I didn't make the noon thing. I was like, I'm meeting you at the two o'clock, the second location. Damn, they got <laughs> girls at twelve o'clock and two o'clock out there. In these no, places? no, there's not girls. We haven't we oh, haven't okay. done that yet. That's, okay, that's, okay, okay. Yeah. In right, Frank's later. head, there yeah, were girls my, at my, noon. No, <laughs> yeah. Frank was like, we we hitting up every spot with girls. Like, that's all we're doing. Oh my god. Um, this, this is all code words. Karaoke and k- Korean barbecue. Oh, okay. It's okay. all code words for for a strip club. No. Um, <laughs> No, so the hey, Saturday, yeah. I don't Go. know what goes down behind Banchan Chicken. You know, yeah. there could be a room. You never know. Shout okay? out to Banchan. That's some good. Hey. That's some good um, chicken right there. Um, so Saturday, um, we. So I, when I got there, we went to this place, this mini mini golf spot. Oh yeah. That in Midtown, it's called Swingers. Frank, Swing. no jokes. Ooh, okay. No jokes, Frank. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wow, okay. It's, I get it. Swingers. Honey, what's going down at the 15th hole? I don't know. Why don't you come and see? I don't know no. about that hole, but I know about the three that I have. Oh, man. Yeah. Is that Holes what goes down? And, uh, no, it's it's a new place in the city. Oh, and... like swinging the golf club. Yes, yes oh, Rachel. Yes, yes, yes. Now I see. Yes, yes. So, yeah, it's an indoor, it's a new spot up in the city like a couple of days i don't even think it's like a week old and so yeah it just has mini golf and, and bar and a bar there and food so that was a wow. cool spot you had um, a crazy weekend bro oh my god so okay we did that then the dude you know who you know who's getting married that we're there for he wants to go see top gun in imax wow, <laughs> wow. so Wait, i'm like yo party? how many <laughs> things are we gonna do right <laughs> I'm like, this is like, this This is filling up my whole summer of activity. I don't think I would do as much stuff the whole rest of the summer like I'm doing in the next, in those two days. So anyway, we see that we, after that, we go to another bar. So every, so pretty much everybody, most of that, at that point, most everybody leaves. Right. And it's me, the guy who's getting married and and then his other friend. And all of a sudden the guy that's getting married, um, he kind of hints that he, Hey, why don't we just. Go to strip club. Oh, so finally at the, at the end of the two day, uh, you know, like high school senior trip that you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> mini golf. Our first time gun. out. Yeah, like teenage boys in their first time out in Manhattan. You know what I mean? You know, like uh, like wow, this is the big city. I'm surprised we didn't like take a tour of the Empire State Building. Did you guys go to American Girl Place to get some dolls or? <laughs> we went to the Hard Rock Cafe, <laughs> Cafe. Uh, Rockefeller Center. So, um, okay, so we we go, we go to this place, um, uh, and 
and um, no, we have a good time. It was we weren't there at a, I don't, after that. I, you know, I'm not gonna get too specific. I can how see you conjuring the, how the yeah. images, but you're not telling us. The you know, like how were yo? How were the chicks? Pro- how were yeah. the chicks? Were the chicks hot or not? I gotta like, give props Frank, to you have one. To use the word chicks. Can you say women? Women. God. My bad. My bad. Okay. First of all, they had a dancer there that allegedly was like a legend, and I don't know where she was a legend of, but it was like a lot of fanfare for her. Oh. And it was like, now coming down, and I forgot her name. But uh, yeah, Anastasia something, maybe, I don't know. Uh, and so she's like, and then they have a big video of her dancing as she's dancing in front of you. Like she has oh. they have video of her highlight reel <laughs> as she's dancing currently. I'm like, what am I supposed to look at? Like her best of or her performing now? Um, I want you to see where I came from because this is the past <laughs> and I have grown. I can now do triple, quadruple flips on the pole since. So I would like seats. you to see my growth. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that was there. There was an impressive dancer who was actually like climbing on the wall. Like she went Dang. up the pole and then just started climbing the ceiling. Like Spider Woman, yeah. Wow. Or like, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I can't trick. think of another person who, like, who, very impressive, who walks on the ceiling like that. Um, Did she have like suction cups on her forearms? <laughs> she might have been cheating. I don't know. I don't know. I know she has silicone cups, but um, I don't know. But um, but you know what? <laughs> Having said that, it was still innocent, fun. You know, it was, it was. Um, we were, you know, a lot of it was just kind of watching the show and. If, you know, if the guy wanted a, a, you know, a quick little, what are the kids calling it? A lappy? Yeah. Um, you know, is that what they're calling That's it? That's what they're calling it? I don't know. I've I been like out that. Of, I've Can I get a lappy? I've been out of that game, the strip club game. <laughs> lappy? A lappy. For, okay. Now I know. <laughs> uh, you know, again, a, a very innocent. Uh, he had fun. And it was great. I just was very... I was very exhausted. Um, I could imagine. This it. just sounded like you had by an the adventure these it. last two days. Woo. Yeah. So Ooh. anyways, but um, yeah, it was interesting. So I'm glad I get to the Eloetos got to experience uh, what I experienced wow. um, a little bit. I'm um, sweating, bro. If you want to see pictures, um, <laughs> you know, go, go to go to my uh, my OnlyFans page. Oh. I, I <laughs> Enough about moi. I know you guys went somewhere that I was going to go to. I also wanted to go to this. Um, I had to change my plans. Um, but tell, tell, the, tell me how, what you guys did and um, how it went. Oh, oh, I'm hmm. so glad you asked. Hmm. We, we did something big. Okay, yeah. let me rephrase. We didn't do something big. We went to see some people who did something big because guess what? Guess what, everybody? There what? is a Dominican family on television. Wow. Let's go. There is a Dominican family on television on HBO Max on a show called Gordita Chronicles. Chronicles. Frank and I, do you want to do the honors? Should I no, talk Rachel, about you? Continue. You're doing a great job. I'm just really excited. I had to tell that first before we talk about the event that we went to because it was in celebration of said show and to see Dominicans on TV, you know, to hear all the comments 
from friends in our circles and on social media and to see the feedback that the show itself is getting from the critics. People it look. feels so good. Wow. We're, we're getting there, people. So thank you to everyone over at HBO Max. That to place was nice, man. That place was dope. That we Overlooking were, yeah. Manhattan, Lower Manhattan. Is that is the new area by 30-something Street, Jamie? We were at the Hudson Yards. Oh, man. Uh, Hudson Yards. Yeah, yeah. So man, wait, the, it's a theater in a building? Yes. Or, okay. on, the 20, on the 26th floor, overlooking uh, Lower Manhattan. Like, overlooking is beautiful. It's really gorgeous. The nice screening room over at HBO headquarters. So and they probably were like, the people that live in Hudson Yards are probably like, what are all these Latinos doing well, in our neighborhood? Right. This is in a... Honey, what's going on here? Are they protesting? Should we go inside? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Look um, who's moving in. Right? right? Um, yeah. yeah, oh, we moving in, people. Get ready. And we're mm. also on television. This mm. is really big, you guys. This is that big. This is huge. Yeah. I don't even know what to do. I'm beyond myself. Uh, so, so look, far this show, like you were saying, I'm hearing this, uh, the stuff I'm hearing on this show is, is, is mostly positive. And, and you know, when, when a Latino... When there's a Latino project, there's equal amounts like positive and negative because yes. there's people that are like, just gotta... So far, I've been hearing... I've been hearing a lot, you know, uh, I've just been hearing positive. I don't think I've even read anything negative yet. Um, so that's a good sign. That's a good sign that it's hitting a lot of check marks that that really that Latinos have been wanting to, you know, see in a show. In the screening, everybody was cracking up. People cracking were cracking up. up big time. So I knew, I mean, I, I already knew. I said, I, I've never seen that. Everybody just laughing so much. And I mean, also... Go ahead, Rachel. Go ahead, Rachel. No, no, go, Frank. This is too much I to mean, say. And we're I mean, I just want to give a shout out. I want you to go. I want to give a quick shout out to all the people that were there. I mean, like all our friends were there. Like uh, Calixto was there. Um, <clears throat> Lily Tavares, former guest, uh, Black Rose, Sasha Mercy hosted it. Uh, Jerry Diaz was there. Juan Baga was there. Uh, Jenny Abru, Kevin Grullon, uh, uh Kevin Lopez, uh, Sandy Hi. from The Art of Happier was there. Um, I could keep on going. Yamin Segal, our boy. Yeah, the list was really extensive. It was really nice to see everybody. It was also a good vibe because we're all there celebrating this amazing show. So let's talk a little bit about the show. And and we don't want to talk too much about the show because guess who our guest is on who this is episode? Kingy. I love that you're such a good actor because that was really good acting. It really sounded like you didn't know who the guest was, even though we just finished interviewing her. That was great. That was convincing. We have none other than the show's creator and writer, uh, Claudia Forestieri. This mm. is this is such a full circle episode for us. OK, so the show takes place in the 80s, which you guys know is already just part of the hilarity with the music. And the fashion. Mm. And I believe one of the lines in the first episode is, you know, little Cuckoo is going to school now with her sister in Miami in the 80s. And I believe in the show, she says something like, wow, everybody here. Or she says, all the girls look like Madonna and the boys, too. And then you see, <laughs> you see the like 80s fashion and like the hair and that in and of itself is so fun to watch. The show is narrated Basically, Wonder Years style right. by Dasha Polanco. Oh, so man. when you hear her voice, you're also like Dominican, 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 Dominican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that that kicks it off right away. And it's really just a story about, I don't want to give away too much, but immigration, our culture, you know, what it takes to assimilate, to fit in, Dike. You know, mm -hmm. maybe like what some of our parents and grandparents went through 
you know, coming to this country. And I really appreciated a lot of the specificities baked into the scripts of the show. We had the privilege to see episodes one and two. And some of these jokes are just too, so just too good. Mm. You know, we're, we're talking about like the family, uh, you know, traditions and how that shifted from when they were living in Dominican Republic in Santo Domingo to now Miami. And we know that story, right? Or we know a version of the story because these are all different versions of the same story. Um, And I think that's another reason why we love this show so much because we know this story so well. It's, It's around us. It's part of our family. And then tie in the part of Cuckoo being a gordita, growing up in a city that's very much about body. Right. right? right. Um, and could give you a hell of a lot of body issues. Um, that also is something that we haven't seen yet. And it's addressing it in such a beautiful, organic way. And as a former gordita, you guys, and as a gordita growing up and being called gordita, I think I've even told you like some of the bad gordita stories on this podcast. <laughs> Remember when I was in my cheerleader outfit waiting for the bus on Ocean <laughs> Avenue in Brooklyn? And I told you that car full of Mexicans drove by and wrote, hola gordita. <laughs> and they said that at the top of their lungs. And Dang, I cried for, I cried for fucking weeks. <laughs> That um, is, yeah, that can scar that can scar a young girl. That could destroy you forever. Yeah, well, <laughs> it didn't destroy me, but I mean, for a few weeks it did. But I'm watching this on screen and there's there, there so many moments that I related to Cuckoo. But I love how strong and empowered Cuckoo is in the show. And, and you see her telling people off like... And she's only 12. And that's the other thing I want to highlight here, too. The introduction of Olivia Goncalves oh, to, to, to the world what a, through this show. What yeah, a, if the lead of the show is not, work, you know, is oh, not bringing it, you know, Jamie, and she's, she did, and she's she, young and she's bringing Jamie, it. Jamie, she has it, man. She lit up that room, man, at the screening. She lit that room up. She had everybody in, like, stitches, man. That show's she, on her back, right? Yeah. She's, 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 she's uh, a natural, From the episode bro. that I saw, like, she's really good. So. She got it. Yeah, she got it, man. She got it, and she knows it, and she's proud of it. She's going to be a huge star, and I also think what's more important than that is she's going to be the voice of so many underrepresented little girls out there. That touches me. Ooh, that touches me. Because where was she when I was a gordita? She was nowhere on TV. She mm. was not on screens anywhere. And now right. she's on a screen, and I'm so proud of that, uh, of what that's going to do for little girls everywhere that are plus size, you know, mm. that are called gordita. And sometimes out of a term of endearment, that's what it was in my family. I don't think my tia was trying to, like, be like, look, you fat bitch. Like, I don't think that's what she was trying <laughs> no, to say. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I think she was like, ay gordita, ven pa' acá. Tú, tú tienes hambre. Tú quieres pastelito. ¿Qué tú quieres? Because of Dominicano, ¿qué quieres? Like, Why do they always offer the fat kids the most food? I don't, I don't know. I, I was the same way. They used to want to always feed me. <laughs> you know, the fat kids always get all the food, you know? Yeah. The flacos don't get offered anything, you know? No, Jamie, no, no, flaco, flaco, ven pa' acá, come, ven. No, yeah. they just tell me, like, I don't eat. Like, right. they used to tell me, like, mira, eat something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I, I just finished 
a whole pie. <laughs> but you know, my metabolism, it can't metabolism. You know, what, what's these big words you're using? Metabolismo, que esa vaina. Yo no sé. Petobismo. Oh, tú, tú quieres petobismo. Tú tienes, you have an upset stomach. Ah, you want some tea? Castilego de tiburón. You want some uña de gato? ¿Qué tú quieres? Um, okay. The other thing I want to tout on this show is that dad on the show is an airline marketing executive. Mm -mm. We've also never seen that before. Right. And that makes me so proud. How does that make you guys feel like we're seeing ourselves as successful, hard workers on screen? This show, I mean, we've only seen two episodes so far. I can't wait to tune in and see the rest. But like, you know, I didn't see any Latino drug dealers. I didn't see any Latina maids. Um, <laughs> and that makes me very excited. This yeah. show breaks a mold. It's, uh, I mean, look, I think we just need, that's, we just need like variety in our stories, right? Like I think, I, I think there's a place for shows that have you know drug dealer characters and and stuff like that but uh that if that's all we're seeing then it's then right. we gotta like mix it up y'all like right. wh who's green lighting you know who's green lighting these shows but this is a show that um i'm a fan of the con you know i i've been saying like you know there needs to be more like uh uh you know mainstream latino comedies like straight like lol type comedies and i, I haven't seen that a lot you know, so seeing this is like they're really going for uh, they're really going for the jokes. And, and um, so you can you can see that in the writing. So um, so that that that's something I really like about it as well. I really appreciate where we've come as a um, content creators, I'll say. Also want to shout out the show's showrunner because she was there up on stage. Right. Uh, Bridget Munoz Leibowitz. She's also been in the industry for a while working on shows like Brooklyn Nine-Nine and, and wow. just has a really impressive um uh, you resume. know, resume. And uh, I just also want to reflect on how far we've come. You mm. know, like, remember Que Pasa USA? Yes. That that was like sort of a show that broke the mold too. Cubanos in yeah. Miami talking about the immigration experience. We kind of saw that for the first time back in the day. Yeah. Um, but now look where we are. Now we've got we are on TV. Oh, we're moving Dominicans. on up Dominicans. to the east side. To a deluxe apartment in the sky. Ooh. Pero que orgullo. Uh, wow. I thought the event was great. Shout out to Jess Vargas over at HBO also for just putting together stellar events. Yeah, that was And uh, Frank, we it, it was really amazing just to be in the room with all those creatives and talk about a buzz, boy. Wow. That place was buzzing. Buzzing. Like a beehive. Bzz. Like a Latino beehive. Bzz. The drinks were coming, too. Oh. Jeez, yes. I love those events with those drinks just flowing. So what better way to really delve into Gordita Chronicles than to have the show's creator on wow. Latinos Out Loud? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so um, let's get into it, you guys. Here's an interview that we conducted with Claudia Forestieri. So let's get into it. you guys it is now part of the show here on latinos out loud where we interview someone finish my sentence fill in the blank i say the same amazing, thing every week Rachel. Amazing, thank you amazing. very much thank you yeah, very amazing. much i am i lying though it's nope. not a lie every nope. week the guests get more and more amazing amazing amazinger this yeah. Amaz yeah. that was such a good <laughs> echo you guys our timing on zoom is like chef's kiss okay so we 
we're so close to this woman and she doesn't even know it. <laughs> but we <laughs> we love all her work. Please, everybody, stop your cars, honk your horns, put your hands in the air for the creator of Gordita Chronicles, Claudia <laughs> Forisieri. Yeah. Oh, my God. Thank you, guys. I love that intro. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, Rachel can teach a master class on introducing people. I know. You need to talk to some of the people at NPR. I know. Because they're all so serious. Like, this woman was born and, you know. <laughs> yeah, let's get to know her, shall we? Yeah, let's lean in. Rachel's like, kicks in the story. door. Rachel right. kicks in the door. Maybe. Maybe. You, gotta, you gotta know this person. Maybe I put the PR in NPR, but definitely oh, not NPR style. Um, because this is Latinos a lot, and that's exactly what we do. I take pride in those intros. Claudia, we are so, so happy to have you here because your ears must have been ringing. We've been mm. talking about you since Gordita Chronicles came out. Mm. We can't oh, stop man. talking about it. And we're not the only ones. The Instagrams, the Twitters, the Facebooks, they're all talking about you in this show. So everybody, please, just Claudia, tell everybody a little bit about what you do. Because my intro really says like nothing compared to like what you probably do on a day to day. So like tell everybody what it means to be the creator of the Gordita Chronicles. Well, what it means. Oh, my God. Well, um, it, it's been I like to say that I kind of forest gumped my way into having the show on HBO Max because the way it happened, I had been in L.A. Um, for many years trying to make it as a TV writer. And I was writing script after script, taking all these classes. And, you know, everybody always tells you, write what you know. Um, but then somebody like made it more specific for me one day and it kind of crystallized or like write a script that only you could write. Because like that, people will know who you are and they'll really see your voice. And, you know, because when you're looking stuff on a TV show, um, somebody described it once to me as like the showrunners are trying to find different color crayons. So they're trying to find like, you know, to make color in the picture. So if you're doing a crime show set in Kentucky, you want to try to get like a police officer and uh, somebody who's an ex-convict and, you know, somebody who grew up in this neighborhood, et cetera, like different elements. So I was like, okay, I'm going to write this. So um, the first version was an hour. It was a dramedy, you know, had a little like drama in it. Mm. And um, yeah, and, and that script got me hired on Good Trouble. And then it got me hired on Selena, the series. And then I also write comedies and I love comedy. So one day I had um, an interview, um, well, you know, what we call general meetings here in L.A. or everywhere, actually. But, you know, in the industry, it's kind of like when you have a meeting with an executive just so they can get to know you and, and keep you in mind for future jobs. And there was this Mexican-American guy, Frank Ochoa, and he had read the script and he loved it. And he's like, hey, have you know, would you consider, um, you know, we want to option this, you know, which means that they want to like buy it and pay me a little bit of money and see if it sells. And then if it sells, they give me more money. So they're like, we want to option it. We think this could be a show. Would you consider turning it into a half hour family comedy? Mm. And I was like, wait a second. You think this could be a show? You think somebody actually <laughs> wants to see a show about una gordita dominicana? Like what? With an Italian last name? I'm like, I will turn this into a musical procedural. <laughs> like if you think it could sell. Are you kidding me? Like sign me up for that. So anyway... Um, then, you know, we started adding on like at every step, like more collaborators join in and then HBO Max bought it. And then first they buy this, you know, the first script, the pilot, and then they asked for like a Bible, which is like a breakdown of everything. And then we shot the pilot. And then anyway, I don't want to get into all that because I already forgot what you asked me. <laughs> oh, but it totally ties into the question. Yeah. Well, this is quite the story because 
your story about a gordita dominicana is my story and other women's stories too. Okay? And other gordito, you know, the men's, yeah. the boys. Yeah, that, I was a flaquito. Uh, I was a boricua, boricua, <laughs> but it was still like that's I had self-consciousness about them. But it, you can it's I, it's the same kind of idea of like Right. Yeah, black yeah. people will hone in on that one perceived flaw and then they'll stamp you. Like, blackito, gordito, cabezón, narizón, orejón. And then that's your nickname. Exactly. You know? that's they also it. call me boquito, eh, pecaito because of my mouth. Oh, your I lips. Have a big body. Oh, the lips. Yeah, this lip is real, baby. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. 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 All right. But they used to call me pecao. Peca not, pe <laughs> not pescado, but pecado. Pecado. Yeah. Oh, wow. man. I like that you said this lip is real. I haven't been in Hollywood that long, all right? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Gordita Chronicles was your sample. This has been yeah. your baby for quite some time. Yeah. Um, can we go back to how you had to shift it from a dramedy to a 30-minute comedy? What did that mean for you? Well, you know, oh, it meant a lot of things. That's a great question because, I, you know, when I first zoned in on, on, on writing about this, like, it was very difficult, actually. When I was in a class, I was taking a script anatomy class. I was trying to figure out what to write about. I got that advice, like, write only the script that you could write. And um, it was actually very traumatic coming. Like, in real life, my real life is a little bit more complicated than, than the TV show life, right? So in real life, so, um, you know, I come from like three generations of immigrants. My grandfather immigrated from Italy to the Dominican Republic in the 20s, 1920s. Mm, wow. And then my dad is Dominican Italian. And then he grew up like in New York. His father had money and he grew up, even though he was born in Santo Domingo, he grew up part in New York and then in Switzerland and then in Italy. He wow. had a first, his first wife was Italian. He has two sons with this Italian woman, then comes back to Santo Domingo. And then he meets my mom and he fell in love with my mom before he got a divorce from the Italian wife. Wow. So it was a big scandal. Yeah. So that's why <laughs> I know. I don't want to see this show. Yeah. Um. Right. Wow. I'm like, forget about it. I want to hear more of this. <laughs> <laughs> that one is like gordita after dark, you know, <laughs> or something like that. I don't know. Because then my mom was is actually in real life, you know, real life. I'm a little bit lighter skinned than Olivia, who plays Cuckoo, and Diana is um, a little bit lighter than my mom in real life. So in real life, my mom is dark skinned Dominicana. My dad's like Dominican Italian, con ojo verde. You know, so it was like she got her little trophy husband, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, there was a lot of drama because, you know, my, my, a lot of people, my dad's side of family were like, ¿Y qué tú haces con esta negrita si tú tienes una italiana? You know what I mean? Wow, what do you even yeah. need this Italian woman for to marry this poor Dominican woman? Aye. Like, you know, so there was all these things and everything. And like, so that's why initially it was like a, like a, I call it like a, like kind of like my so-called life which is a show, you know, um, yeah, some of you guys might remember, which was really great, which wasn't like a heavy drama. It wasn't going to be a novella right. either. But like it had like fun moments, but then it had like a little bit of like drama. And um, then it had like, you know, the emo soundtrack also. You right. Know? That was like Claire Danes. I fell in love with Claire Danes. Yeah. I fell in love with her. Yeah. 
So, so and and again, I forgot the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, Yo estoy mal. Estoy mal. how oh many people have been asking you how many questions in like the last two weeks? That's okay. We're here for you. Luckily, my <laughs> memory's working today. Um, I really wanted to know about like what that meant for you as a writer, as a creator, to have to shift it from a dramedy to a full on comedy and what that meant to you. Thank you. And I will bring it home and give you an answer to that. So um, be, it was very hard because also when I came over at seven years old, I was born in San Juan. And like, you know, my parents, you know, my parents always in my family, I'm known as La Boricua because I was the only Ay, one in the whole family. La yeah. yeah, I was like the only one in the whole family who was born in Santo Domingo and that was not born in Santo Domingo. I was the only one. Even my dad, who's half Italian, was born in Santo Domingo. My wow. sister's born in Santo Domingo. Everybody's born in Santo Domingo except me. Wow. So then um, I came over when I was seven and in, in Puerto Rico, my dad worked for Eastern Airlines and we went to a private school, you know, and like I had like a nanny and everything. Wow. I was living the high life. Yeah, wow. I, and I didn't. I didn't ask to move to Miami. I was fine. Like it was. It was all. It was all that I knew. You know what I mean? And um, we come to Miami at seven. It was very traumatic. Like in 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 real life, I didn't speak English. So um, you know, the cuckoo, the fictional cuckoo, speaks English. You know, um, because we wanted the show to be seen by people, even Latinos that don't speak Spanish. So we didn't want to have to put a lot of subtitles. So that's why we made that creative decision. In real life, I didn't speak Spanish. And that second episode that I co-wrote with our showrunner, it was it was in real life. It was a lot sadder because the teacher would like put me in the corner when I spoke Spanish. And then one day she left me out. She put me outside because I kept doing it because I didn't oh. speak English. Oh. Yeah. And then she left me out in the sun. No. And the biggest tragedy of all was they all went to lunch one day and they forgot about me and I didn't get lunch. Dang. No. So that was wow. the worst. I was there for hours in the Miami sun. And then that day they had to come. Like I was crying. They had to come pick me up. And my mom was very smart. And she's like, you know what we're going to do? You don't like school. Okay, you're not going to go. So she took me out of school for a whole week. My dad was working for the airline. And um, so he was out of town traveling. And when he came back, he sat me down and he talked to me about his experiences. Because he had gone through similar experiences when he was like, a, you know, a young boy. He went from Santo Domingo to New York and having to learn English. And then when Switzerland, he had to learn French and then, you know, Italian. So my dad spoke four languages. So he, mm. you know, he could relate to what I was going through and, and, and he helped me like work through that. But that's why initially it was kind of more of a dramedy. But then when they told me they wanted to make it into a comedy, I was like, oh my God, I was, I was happy because I always wanted to do comedy. But one of the reasons why, like, I feel like my, I, my first writing jobs weren't in comedy is because comedy is very subjective. And my early, I've always been writing about Latino characters. And I feel like my early scripts maybe didn't get me any jobs, probably because they were my early scripts. But probably in part because they were very specific to my like Latin experience and everything that I you know saw and covered as a reporter for Telemundo, you know, for many years. So the fact that I got to that they told me they wanted to do a comedy, I say kidding around that I would have turned it into anything, and I would have. But also, <laughs> I was also very happy. I'm like, oh my god, I get to do a comedy, and then that's where Bridget um, Munoz Lipowitz comes in. And I knew her from NBC Writers on the Verge, this diversity program that we did. And her, her comedy chops are like super strong. And she had worked on Brooklyn Nine-Nine and People of Earth. And I, back in 2013, 
she was like a few years ahead of me with her writing. Her writing was a lot stronger. And we kept in touch. Little did she know, you know how Dominicans are. Mm. If you see somebody who can help you, you hang on to them. What? <laughs> so somehow, we hustled this girl into being the showrunner and bringing out her experience. So, um, so yeah, it, it was beautiful to have her on because there were a lot of stories that were kind of like a little sad, like the English-only story that with yeah. her help, we were able to turn it like it's a comedy. You know, to something fun. Wow. Wow. Oh, those teacher scenes were so good. Yes. And she gets detention. And then she, oh, wait, I'm, I shouldn't give it away. Tune in. Tune in and watch the whole thing. Because then the car thing. Oh, every time Olivia or Cuckoo on the show gets an opportunity to use her culture and or language to do a nice zinger to the non-Latinos on the show or sometimes <laughs> the Latinos. I'm like, this This is tying into who we are as a people because we also use our culture and our language whenever we need to. Don't we? Like, those mm-hmm. are the bonuses of being Latino A, E, E, X, Y, in this country right now. Jamie, you feel like I look, it looks like you have a big question, question coming yeah, out. He looks, no, yeah, he looks I ready. Like, like, he's like, he's like, doing yeah, the beard like, thing. I'm like, yeah, uh-oh. No. It's not the type of question. Bringing, up, bringing everything back to uh, what you said. No, it's just another question. Um, yes. Uh, the show is set in the 80s. Yes. Um, is, is it harder to write a show like set you know in the past um or is yes. it kind of easier i mean if you is it is it yeah it's hard because I, I was thinking it also could be easier because if you're writing about young kids like nowadays you know like if i'm writing about kids today on like a script or something i'm like i need to check up the new vernacular because i don't know yeah. if i speak this language of high school kids or right. or or so I are feel like that would be easy. Are they still using P-H-A-T? Like, are they using P-H-A-T right, yeah, or no? <laughs> no? I don't think so. As a kid from the 80s, I would be like, I know this lingo. But um, <laughs> what, what makes it harder to actually, like, write a show set in the 80s? Yeah, what makes it harder is just, um, you know, well, we had our room, we had people of different ages. Ooh. So sometimes I would say, like, oh, no, that didn't happen in the 80s. Like um, karaoke, like somebody pitched an idea. Oh, what if they go to karaoke? I'm like, no, karaoke wasn't a thing in the mid 80s. Uh. And then somebody like our one of our Gen Z writers will look it up. And well, you know, it says here that they created it in Japan and blah, 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 this and that in this year. So you're wrong. And I'm like, well, but the thing is, one thing is the year that it was created. Another thing is the years that it, was it actually- starts becoming a thing. Yeah. You know? So that what was if Kuka kinda... starts dabbing? You know what I mean? Like, then it's like, no, five somebody. Five. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Claudia, talking about the '80s, talk to me about the music. I love the '80s music that you had on it. I mean, I'm from the. I think the '80s music is the best. But you know, how did that? Did you have a say in the music? Because you know. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you better believe it. All right. No, the music. The music, like. You know, again, me and the sh- I wish our showrunner was here because we are both huge Latin music fans. Oh. And like, we were like, you know, trying to put in as many Latin songs as we could. And, um, but also, you know, there were three different types of music that I grew up with, right? One was like Top 40 Americana, like those songs that saw, you had videos on MTV, right? Like, right? Casey Kasem, all of that. Casey's yes. Top yeah. 40. Yes. Yeah. And then there was the music my parents were listening to, like, you know, merengue and salsa. 
And like, you know, growing up, you're like embarrassed. You're like, oh my God, mommy, quita eso, por favor. <laughs> and then there was a third type of music, um, which at the time I thought it was only in Miami. But when I grew up, um, I was real. I realized I'm like, no, no, no. They had this music in New York and Chicago, LA, all the big cities, which is freestyle music. Oh my so, God, Rachel, Rachel, yeah. I, Rachel don't, loves India. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, yo, yeah. Oh, don't, I'm not gonna. It's a, <laughs> right, no, don't get me started because then the espiritus are going to start coming through the mic and it oh might get God. real, yeah. real like white dressy yeah. in here. So Rachel yeah. going to start spitting out some George Lamont in a second. So uh, oh like, God, we need to settle down. Jeannie, you're a bigger, you're like the biggest freestyle person in this room right now. I got that from my sister, though. I was kind of like brought, she used to listen to it a lot. And so I, you know. Yeah. I, I got down with that. But freestyle, freestyle yeah. is like not everybody is aware of it. Like, right. I know it's I like know. one of these jewels, crown jewels of music, right there. Oh yeah. my god, don't get me started. I want to do a series just on freestyle music. Ooh. I yeah, Ooh. and just the, even the Lisa Lisa story. You guys know, I'm sure you know Lisa Lisa. I think was like a teenager. She wasn't even 18 when she had her first hit. Can you? Wow. She was in a cult, right? She was in a cult. Um, Lisa Lisa said the come on Jamie Jamie <laughs> you see but people who don't know freestyle are not gonna get that joke and, it, and they're just gonna go over their heads and you know this is the new generation right <laughs> yeah she oh. was in a cult that jammed that's great yeah it's true yeah. you go outside of New York or like Florida or like the, you know wherever you go across the world freestyle oh you're gonna rap let's go let's freestyle rap like yeah no like Judy Torres like you don't know any of these people oh my god how many love letters and like poems and like love love letters wow speaking of which but like seriously boys would make you the mixtape and most yeah. of it was freestyle I'm like this guy's such yeah. a loser like <laughs> no uh, anyway okay um so olivia goncalves am i saying yes. her name correctly yes okay i love the story that we heard at the screening of how you guys found her because the search for you as a youth must be first of all weird and surreal and all of that. But then, yeah. how do you how do you scan the earth for little Claudia? Mm. How did you could, could you tell our listeners the story? So it was you know there's a lot of young talented actresses out there and that tried out, but you know we were looking for like a needle in a haystack, right? Because this girl had to be cute, she had to be smart, she had to be sassy, she had to be gordita, but you know she had to also have some confidence and some chutzpah, yeah. you know? So um, <laughs> we got a lot of, like, really great actresses. But, you know, one thing that I have to say is um, I really, really wish more parents would, you know, enroll their, you know, more Latino parents would enroll their kids in acting classes yeah. to get them in the arts early. Facts. Because there weren't that many Latino kids. And I was like, I really just thought, like, for a role like this, I thought there would be more. So, um, and again, we saw a lot of, like, great actresses, but it's just, we needed something very, very, very special. Somebody, like, really, that could really bring it. And it's not easy to find a 12-year-old girl that could, like, front her own series, mm. you know? So, um, I, I, we were getting auditions after auditions after auditions, and we still weren't feeling like we had found the right person. So then I'm like, you know what? I know a lot of people, thank goodness, all over the country, because I worked for Telemundo in different cities. So I'm like, I'm going to post on Facebook. You know, I know all the cool kids are on Instagram now, but I'm still on Facebook. And I posted it, 
And I was, um, one of my writer friends who's from New York, <clears throat> like, hey, I know this guy, Ulises. Ulises you know? Terrero. Yeah, Ulises Terrero. And then he's like, but he says he might be able to help you, but he wants you to call him. And I was like, okay. So I call him. I'm like, hey, hi, Claudia. He's like, yeah, I know who you are. I heard about you. He's <laughs> That's like, him. <laughs> yeah, how come? So now, how come you didn't hire me to do your casting? Oh, now you need me. Right. And now you need me and you expect me just to help you for free? Uh-oh. And I'm like, listen. I'm like, oh, my God. So I had to explain to him, like, my whole life story. I'm like, listen, oh, my God, you don't understand what it's been like to get to this point. And this is my first show. And I'm learning as I go. And so then I think I talked his ear off until he felt sorry for me. And then <laughs> Good strategy, okay? Yeah, yeah, you know. So then like um he's like, All right, I'm gonna send you three videos, three girls, and that's it. That's it. But like that's still really oh, like oh, New York oh. style. That's it. Oh man. my god, oh my god, oh my god. Like, okay. <laughs> and then what are the videos like he sent three videos the other two girls were adorable too and they like read for the part and everything but olivia's video like just stood out and i was like oh god please let her be able to act please dear god (laughs) because that video they was like this might be it Olivia Alexandra Gonzalez. I'm 11 years old. My height is 4 feet and 8 inches and I weigh 147 pounds. I love singing. I love dancing and I definitely love acting. I can be la gordita. Yo puedo ser la gordita. So then um, I shared it with our showrunner, uh, Bridget, and then she's like, oh my God, let's have her read immediately. So then we had her read immediately. Then we saw the audition and it was good, but you could tell she was green because it turns out she had never had an acting role in her whole life. Wow. So, yeah. And then, so, you know, she needed some experience. Thank God. Thank God. Eva Longoria, who's our director, had a call back on Zoom with her and she could tell that she had potential. Mm. And then... It was, you know, at one point we had another strong candidate and Eva broke it down like this. She's like, okay, the other candidate is, you know, very good, very polished. She's, you know, had a role on a Disney series, but to get her to be cuckoo, I would have to like paint. It would be like painting stripes on a kitten. Mm. But with Mm. Olivia, with Olivia, I have a tiger and like, and I'd rather paint the tiger. Yes. Ooh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then um our executive at Sony, the same one, the Mexican American guy, Frank Ochoa, who saw the potential in this story when it used to be a one hour, he also described Olivia as like a rookie. She's like she's a rookie with all the potential in the world. You know, she's like our freaking Kobe Bryant. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, she deserves to go all the way up to like the major leagues. Mm. So, so yeah. So at every step of the way, the more that we worked with Olivia, the better she got. So we knew that she had the potential to do this series. And even on that same tip, like even as the show went on, were you seeing like her kind of blossoming by yes. from the first episode to the end of the season type thing? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's cool. It was, there was um, one day that she was having, I forget what the line was, but she was having trouble getting the subtext of the line. Because, you mm. know, acting's not easy. Mm-hmm. And you have like all these people on the cameras and everything. I couldn't have done it at that age. I don't know how Olivia does it. But she was having trouble nailing down the line. And Bridget, um, who was there on set, 
she whispered something in her ear so she could get the meaning, the subtext of the line. And then, and what she told her was, uh, it was a line that Olivia was as cuckoo was delivering to the sister, Emilia. And uh, Bridget tells her, it's like you're calling her a sucia. <laughs> and, and Olivia just went like, <gasps> and she's like, okay, I get it now. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Wow. That's what an experience. And she is cuckoo. You yeah. can see in episode one, then we saw it again in episode two. I can't wait to see the rest. Now, I'd like to talk real quick about episode titles. Um, we're nerds here at Latinos Out Loud. We're big on episode titles and our show notes, right, Jamie, who writes them. But I noticed that all the episode titles are in America blank. In America, everything is possible. In America, we speak English. In America, no one likes a chicken and so on and so forth. Uh, I'd like to know about that. If that was a strategy, what is that saying to everybody who's reading the episode titles? I want to I want to just hear it all. Well, you know, to me, like, uh, number one, I'm like a big nerd. So I love nerdy stuff. And um, I I always think of titles as little poems, mm. you know, like even the title of this show. Like I felt like, you know, it needed to say something because sometimes you need to grab people as early as possible. And if they hear Gordita Chronicles, you already know, oh, this is a, something, you know, Latin A and it's bilingual and it's saying a lot, you know? So with the titles, I saw that as an opportunity. So um, the titles tend to be mostly myths about America and American culture. You know, in America, everything is possible. It's like, that's what people say, but we know that's not really true, you know? And um, in America, we speak English. Nah, not really. <laughs> we speak a lot of languages here. So it's kind of more myths. Sometimes the myths are proving correct. Like the very last episode is in America, we're brave. Mm. And Cuckoo, like, you know, there, there's a scene. I'm not, I don't want to give it away. Mm. But there's a scene where Cuckoo draws, you know, a parallel between, um, you know, immigrants and our founding fathers. Ooh. So, yeah. So I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but hopefully you make it to episode 10. But the titles are, are very significant. And, um, and I, I, you know, I'm glad you guys noticed there was a pattern there. Oh, oh yeah. man. Do I love that pattern? Yeah. <laughs> Stars and stripes. I love it. Uh, uh, Claudia, uh, real question. Uh, quick question, Claudia. With the Going back to, like, the writing staff, right? This is like a... This, this, this show has really, like, a lot of jokes per... You know, per line, right? It's one of those type of shows that is quick. Um, and I've always had kind of like, I've always wondering like why there's not more mainstream Latino shows that are like straight up funny, right? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and this is like, uh, watching the pilot, like I was like, oh, okay, it's this time. But they're, they're bringing like the, the funny too, you know what I mean? It's like, um, so, I, you know, how fun was that um, writer's room? You know, was it a, just a lot of people? Like you said, there's a lot of different ages, a lot of different... Uh, diverse diversities in there um but was it just kind of like so fun to really kind of have a, a bunch of people kind of just throwing out hilarious stuff you know what i mean um it was it was really fun and um for me it was a little bit of a learning curve because i always wanted you know i, I write dramedies and i write comedy but it was my first comedy room yeah. So wow. my first two rooms, one was Good Trouble, the other one was Selena the series, and those were more like straightforward. Still fun, but straightforward. So uh, Bridget was the one who kind of like 
show me the ropes with a comedy room. Because all the shows she had been on had been like, except I think for Love Life, had been like straight up comedies. So she's like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Um, we're going to start the, the morning with a game. So we would play some kind of game. We'd play like Taboo. We'd play charades. Stop and that it. kind of everybody loosened up. Yeah. So it was like, okay, I'm like this one. And at first I was kind of like a little like, oh my God, we have a deadline. You know, I was like the, <laughs> the mom of the group, you know? And then we had like some people that were like straight up like comedians. Like one of our writers, Matt Claybrooks, like literally like on his off time when he's not writing pilots, he's writing for Chris Rock. Oh, wow. So wow. his stuff is like, boop. like sometimes I was even intimidated. There's another writer we have, Mexican-American, Isaac Gonzalez. And man, he makes it look so easy. Like all the stuff he says, like, you know, he wrote the episode, episode number four, which you guys will see. There's a character in there that's introduced, Alvaro, which Alvaro. is this little Cuban boy. You guys will see it when you get there, hopefully. And um, yeah, so everybody brought something really funny to, to it. And then we had another writer, Dan Signer, even though he wasn't Latine, he was an immigrant from Canada. So uh, his episode that he wrote, he brought a lot of his experiences into it and a lot of really like funny jokes. So um, Sean Wines, too. So many great writers that we had. We had Chris Gautier, who's also Dominican. And I... she would like, yeah, she would chime in like, you know, with some Dominican stuff. Um, so, yeah, it was just like, you know. Our showrunner and was like kind of like our ringleader, right? Because it can get kind of like chaotic in a comedy room. But then like she has so much experience in comedies that she was able to like, okay, like, you know, we pitch a bunch of ideas and then like she kind of would decide like, okay, we're going to land here. And then of course I would chime in and be like, okay, like, you know, in Miami, this is how that would happen. Or like in Dominican families or in my family. <clears throat> so um, it was just a lot of fun. It was like a lot of fun. And, and, you know, we, it's it's very, it can be very intense though too because sometimes we create something and then like you know there's very various steps to um, a script creation of uh, the creation of a, a script. So first you do what's called a story area, which is a one page document, and um, you turn it into like the network and the studio, and then they weigh in. So sometimes we'd be like, oh my god, we came up with something hilarious. Oh my god, ah. and then you get the notes. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, Wait, Claudia's what? like, yo, my 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 musical episode was was uh, <laughs> they rejected it. They were like, maybe right. season two we can do this. Uh, <laughs> well, wait, yeah. when working with executives that are not Latino or Latina, did you have any obstacles in that area having to explain the culture or explain any jokes? Um, you know what? Not really, because. The, the, we actually had a little bit of, of the opposite issue, which is, well, one of our ex our executive at Sony, we had Frank Ochoa, who was our development executive, and then uh, Morgana Cabrera Rosenberg, who was our current executive for Sony. And then Nikki Reed um, is black, and um, who's our executive at HBO Max, and Allegra Newman, even though she's not, a, well, a person of color, she's an immigrant from Australia. Oh. So we actually, more often than not, instead of getting like a note of like, oh, explain to us this joke about like, you know, why does this Cuban boy say this? We actually had sometimes the comments of like, hey, like, let's zero in on like, really like something like more specific. Like, Ooh. let's make a joke about like, you know, the Cuban community here or about Adela's, you know, hometown or whatever. So we were like, oh, okay, oh, okay, you want to see, okay, cool, we'll do that. Hmm. So it was kind of like refreshing to see that they're like, 
you know, and they also wanted like a lot of, um, you know, because season one of a show can be like a roller coaster ride, and you're not even roller coaster. That's not even the right comparison. But you're carving out a new path because it's a new show. So mm. you're like, you know, there's an expression that, that you know a lot of writers use or show creators, which is finding the show. So season one, you're finding the show. You're like figuring out, okay, what works. Like, okay, oh my god, we noticed it's really funny when Cuckoo, like at the top of the episode, promises something that she we know she can't get or she can't do, and then we see her suffer through it. Okay, that worked. That has worked. So we're gonna try to keep doing that. Not that there's a formula, but you find what works for the show, what doesn't work. So. um Anyway, I lost the question again. That was Sorry. that was. <laughs> I want to jump in actually because I, I have been was... doing so good. I have been doing so good. <laughs> You're doing great. great. Oh, I want to. I want to. We jump already in. got the title of the show. It's like I lost the question. That's the title <laughs> of this episode. So we're good. We're good. <laughs> I want to just jump in and give you guys kudos for the whole obstacle of her getting Gloria to perform. <laughs> the whole audience did not expect to see who we saw come out on yeah. stage. Yeah. There were so many of those moments. Oh, and I also want to dial back. Here I am going all over the place. Um, I want to tout Ulises real quick because I happened to be sitting behind him at the screening and he was like this. He was videoing everything Olivia was saying and I swear it was like it was her. He was, She was his own daughter because every time she would say something, he'd be like, yo, you heard her? You heard what she said? You heard what she said? And he was so proud and he even looked back at us. He high five one of us he's like yo you heard that and we were like yeah uh, entonces okay okay here we go um, um, can I throw another question out there or, yeah yeah I got alright here on Latinos Out Loud we love or maybe I love I don't know I'm, I'm dragging you guys down with me Go we ahead. love we love to really hone in on our guests' careers and their trajectories, okay? Now, you started, you were on Telemundo as a reportera. You were reporting yes. en vivo desde la calle. De I saw it. en vivo desde la ciudad de Los Ángeles para Telemundo, Canal 52. Yo soy Claudia Forestieri. Regresamos a los estudios. Wow. That's the script. Thank you. That's the script. You stuck that landing. You stuck that landing. That's why my Spanish is all crazy. Because, um, you know, when you work at Telemundo, they want you to speak in a neutral accent. So, like, sometimes, like, my accent, like, you know, depending on who I'm with, comes out a little bit differently. Mm. But, you know, Telemundo, you have to, tienes que hablar un español así, que no se pueda, you know, detectar de donde eres. Yeah, I know, I know a girl who, like, she's, like, in a local news thing in New York here, and I'm... Or I knew I knew her, and I'm like, you don't talk like that. What is this? <laughs> I'm like, what is this voice? But it, it works for the TV. But I'm like, wow, okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. So, okay, what's life like as a reporter at Telemundo? Were there any challenges that you faced? I mean, was it something that you look back on and maybe you took some snippets of it and put it in your writing today? Or what from what from that time can you share with us? Because you won GLAAD awards. You won mm. five, five oh, Emmys. Wait, do you wow. see them back there? For, oh, you see? Oh. I, see I see the shine. I see the shine. It's very, you know, it's like, they just, ahí como que sin disimular, you know, like, I you see know, it. They're like, shining. you see it in the corner. They're like, shining, you know. they're shining, they're shining. I it's packed up in there. That shelf is but like. But there they are. 
They're like beautiful. Grand Central Station up in that show for all those awards. <laughs> They're beautiful. And by the way, why are the bodies on trophies always so slamming? I'm just saying. Right. Uh, They're big. Like, They're like thick. thick. Yeah. They're thick trophy yeah. bodies. Well, you know hey. what? I want to see a gordita trophy one day. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Can we have the award show, the gorditas? I, I mean, want a muffin just... top trophy. Oh my god, the gordita! <laughs> the gordita awards. That's oh my it. God. We call uh, you know another award show like yeah. of course yeah, I think there's yeah. room for that. So okay, I'm bringing it back because I know we'll go in the freaking stratosphere <laughs> if we don't stop. Um, the career trajectory. Oh yeah. So tell uh, us about being a reporter and and yeah, you heard the question. Okay. Being a reporter, Una like well, basically, yeah, you were uh, you won five Emmys, a Glad Media Award, and and now you're a comedy writer. Did you see this trajectory back then, back there? Or did you not? Mm. Did you well, have a different focus? I always wanted to write for TV. I just never knew how to get there. And the reason I wanted to broadcast news is because in the 90s, when I went to college, like, you know, we didn't really have like the internet like we do now. So I had no idea where to start. And mm. I loved Oprah. And I was like, well, Oprah started like in news and then she had a show and now she's in movies. So I'm going to go down the Oprah route because it was something that I could actually <laughs> major in. So then <clears throat> in University of Florida, though, like uh, that was the first time, you know, because I grew up in Miami and every, almost everybody in my school was, was Latino or a person of color. So when I went to University of Florida, go Gators, um, whoop, whoop. there was... <laughs> I love my school, but there were issues in my school in the 90s because, um, you know, we were I was my, the first time that I was truly, truly a minority, like a real minority um, where like, yeah, people would ask me, like, where are you from and what are you? Like, people were very confused by being in college. But anyway, um, I had a professor and he basically told me I was never going to make it because I had an accent and that I could never uh, be a TV reporter. And wow. then also they told me I didn't have, you know, that I had hair for radio and that like, uh, you know, yeah. Oh. And that I was like, hair for radio. Hair for radio. And then like, um, you know. That Wait, I, this was to your face? This wasn't in like a leaked email or something? <laughs> <laughs> like this seems like stuff that you somebody wouldn't tell you to your face. Well, Damn. some of the things were more kind of like, some were from like maybe things that you have to read between the lines. The one, the uh. comment about the accent, like was literally told to me because I was, um, I was actually working at a radio station and I was trying to move up and be a news and, yeah, an anchor on the news yeah. station. And this, uh, the professor who ran it, he told me, well, five years ago, we had a guy with a Latin accent on the air and we got complaints. So <gasps> we don't want to put you on the air. Oh. And I was like, what? I'm like, you understand me, though, when I speak to you, don't you? But he didn't want to take a risk again. So, you know, wow. um, yeah. And then other people like in the, you know, they wouldn't tell you like in a harsh way, but just like, oh, you don't have quite the right look and yeah. you're going to have to cut your hair. You know, you used to have like very long curly hair. And so I, I did conform a little bit. And then I also I made a resume tape in English and one in Spanish. So then the station that gave me my first break um, was Telemundo in the Bay Area. And um, I love working for Telemundo. I learned a lot of things, but it was really difficult because, you know, I had to cut my hair, um, you know, short so I could have an easier time blow drying it. I got a relaxer and I used to have this oh. Dominican lady who did it for me in Miami to, you know, so I could have straight hair because they don't like curly hair for a TV news reporter. Now you see more natural hair on the air, but back then, the that. Was right. yeah. yeah. And then, um, but yeah, one time I had to have my hair done in San Francisco, but by somebody who wasn't Dominican because 
I couldn't go to Miami all the time. So, um, to get my hair done and, um, the person left it in too long and pieces of my hair started to fall oh. out. Oh no. Man. Yeah. Oh no. Whoa. And then just being a gordita, like as a reporter, like, you know, I just didn't look like all the other reporters. So I felt like I had to work extra hard. And then one time, like I got a trainer and I started working out. I woke out at five in the morning and I lost like 20 pounds and I was so happy. And then the people at the Univision station started saying that I had plastic surgery. <gasps> and I was like, no, win. I, I can't win. They're so hard to please. You know, it's like, (laughs) uh, so yeah. So all the awards I've won actually were, um, I didn't start winning awards for my work until I became a producer and which is behind the scenes. Cause I got tired of dieting and, you know, blow dry my hair and putting on all the makeup. (laughs) And, (laughs) And I wanted to have free time to develop my writing. So when I came to LA, like, I was like, okay, you know, I'll work at Telemundo, but at this time I'm going to be behind the scenes because I don't have time to be dieting and blow drying my hair <laughs> and like looking for clothes. I want to have like some time to develop my writing skills. When I started winning awards for my journalism work, that, this was the irony, is was the more I learned about writing um, like comedy and um, fictional scripts, the better my work as a news producer got because I understood story a lot better. So it was very tempting to actually stay in news because I was like, okay, la cosa se está poniendo buena por aquí. You know, like I'm winning like these awards and everything. And they were local Emmys, but they're still Emmys, you know, it's still the same size statue, I swear. So I was like, maybe I should stay in news. But something inside of me was always like, no, I want to I want to tell bigger stories because in news, like, you know, a lot of the stories sometimes are sad. Sometimes you don't get to tell the whole story because you're just, you know, you cover like a murder. That could be the beginning of the story. It could be the middle. It could be the end. Like, and I also wanted to tell stories that were more inspiring and, um, and that were funny because it's like, there's so much pain and hurt and drama in the world that I just really wanted to tell lighter stories. And I, I was tired of like, just seeing like people, you know, not seeing us represented. Like we're such a huge part of this country and all our contributions. And then what finally gave me the courage to like leave news without knowing what was going to happen with my TV writing was after Trump won the election, I was like. Mm. One, all the horrible things he said about immigrants. I'm like, no, this is not what I saw growing up. And when he said, you know, we, he was talking about Mexican immigrants, but we all know he was talking about all Latinos. Give me mm-hmm. a break, come on. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the ones when, that he knows of, you know what I mean? Right. I'm sure he, he doesn't just know only knows them. the word Mexicans. He doesn't know right. how to address the rest of us. So Yeah, yeah. And since he already got one immigrant to, like, marry him, he figured he could forget the rest, you know? Uh-uh. So, <laughs> anyway, so when after he won, I was inspired, like, when, when Trump, you know, said all those horrible things, that was part of the inspiration for writing Gordita. But also, when he won, and it was 2017, I was like, I can't do four years of covering this guy, you know? Mm. And, um... Ooh. I was going to say a stronger word, but I don't know if we can curse here. There might be children listening. Sure. But, no, it's okay. Go okay, for well, it. Go no, for you know, the moment passed. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, you know, there's a million words you can use to describe him. But I was like, I can't be here like four years covering this guy. Please. No. And I'm like, and I talked to my husband and thank God he was very supportive. And he's like, you know, just, just go for it. Just quit and see what happens. Wow. And look at what happened. And look what happened. Oh my God, I love yeah. that story. Mm-hmm. You, 
Claudia, you've worked on some really impressive shows that also tell our stories like Selena, the series. I love this little mini story that you started in the writer's room, but then you were promoted to co-producer for the show's second season. Um, Is there anything you could tell us about working with the Quintanilla family or on the series about Selena and maybe how also that's tied into your current work in any way, shape or form? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if, I think like if there would if Selena wouldn't have done the way it did, I don't know if would have had Gordita Chronicles. Ooh. So, and I know there were a lot of critiques with Selena and the way it went. I did not have like full control over that show, not even most of the control. Just you know, I, I was just one of the many writers. But yeah, I started out, and when I first found out about the show, um, I was I had just finished writing on Good Trouble, and I called my agent, and I'm like, um, when I found out the show was going to series. Let me backtrack a little bit. So when I got into Spanish language media in 1995, I had just been on the, I was in, in my first like internship was in the show de Cristina in Miami. Cristina. Oh, yeah. Ooh, my, yeah. I remember my, that. My mother's yeah. idol. The Latina Oprah. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, we exactly. cut a cake when she retired. We cut a cake at home. My yeah. mother bought a cake. I'm oh sorry. My God. Go ahead. Oh my God. Wait, what did the cake say? Did it say like, adios Cristina? What did it say? They didn't put anything on it, but my mother's like, I necesito un cheesecake porque Cristina se va. And she was really sad. So she's like, everybody, we cut in a cake. And we, everybody, okay. we got in the kitchen, we cut a cake. Okay. Anyway, oh you God. interned for Christina. I interned for the Christina wow. show. I didn't get to meet Selena, but I got to meet Ricky Martin. And, oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So in 94, 95, right when I was like, you know, in the middle of getting my broadcasting degree, I had interned for Christina. That's when I started getting into like Latin media. And so when Selena gets killed, that was like a huge moment. Oh my God, it's so funny because my sister wasn't into Latin music at the time. Now she is. But when Selena died, I knew who she was because I was already part of, you know, keeping up with Univision and Telemundo and I worked for Christina show. So, but my sister wasn't. So my mom calls my sister Christina. Ay, Christina, ay, Dios mío, se murió Selena. And my mom's like, ¿Qué? Se murió Selena. ¿Y qué prima es esa? She oh my God! <laughs> oh no! Wow. <laughs> she, she had no it idea. Was one of our cousins in Santo Domingo that had died. <laughs> I know. I cannot. But yo, yeah. it was. I happened to be in DR when Selena what? died. Yo, really? it was the summer of what? Ninety five. Ninety five. March thirty first, nineteen ninety five. Yes. Oh, so I was there on spring break, not the summer. My bad. Oh, but we used to go a lot. Okay. And okay. I was there for spring break, and yo, people were so sad. So sad. Her, yeah. The t-shirts went up. The cassette tapes. I begged my dad to buy me the cassette tape. Uh, yeah, that's all I did in DR. I was bored as fuck, you know, yeah. in the in the freaking galleria with the little tape thing playing the same <laughs> tape over and over again. It was so was boring. Was this the 90s or the 80s? I'm not trying to date myself, but shut up, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, pero... Okay, okay, okay. We got to wrap up this okay. interview. We could talk for hours. Oh, Sorry, Jesus. I know. I can no, talk no. I, this is it's your fault for asking such good questions. You guys are asking too many good questions. You get me talking. We, when we get someone brilliant on the show, and basically all, all, like our guests are brilliant. You know what I'm saying? But you're telling stories. You're telling our stories. So of course we're going to, you know, we yeah. just want to ask you and ask you. But I want to ask you one final question because we spoke about Cuckoo being your, you know, little me, your mini me. But I truly believe that there are listeners out there listening to this show right now who want to get on Claudia's path 
and her trajectory, her career trajectory. So I'm wondering if you have any advice for the little Claudias on the rise, the Claudias out there <laughs> that may be reporting on a news, uh, a, you know, on a news show or that want to start writing comedy. What's some advice that you have for them at this point in your career? Sure. I have some great advice. And there's something that I ha like to say. It's a little corny, but I'll say it. And it's like, I really feel that if you don't chase your dreams, your dreams haunt you. So Ooh. I was 35 when I came to L.A. to pursue this. Wow. And, you know, my mother had a heart attack. She's like, ¿Qué tú estás haciendo? like, I broke up with the guy that I was dating. And I was like, no, I don't want to start a family and get married until like, I know, like, I need to do this. Right. So like. And for so many years, I was like, oh, my God, I waited too long. I waited too long. Like, there's so many kids out here that like, but no, it turned out that um, at that age, I had things to write about. I had things to look back on. So no matter how old you are, you can, it's never too late to pursue your dream. Also, I like to say sometimes that I, I made, I've made, I've built a whole career, not one career, two, out of people telling me no. So people told me, ah, tú eres gordita, no vas a poder ser reportera. You know, like they told me, like, you know, I couldn't be a TV writer because I'm like Latina and I'm not from L.A. And I didn't know anybody here. I got here and I just knew two people, you know. So um, if somebody tells you no and you have a dream, use that as fuel to motivate you, because the bigger the dream, the more knows you're going to get. So don't give mm. up and, and just go for it, because you know what? I can't guarantee nobody can guarantee if you're going to get to your dream or not. But just having the privilege to go after it is going to fulfill you and, and give you, you know, fill your soul because at least you're in pursuit of it. Wow. That's it, people, right wow. there. That's it. One time for Claudia Florisier. Yeah. <laughs> Add another chapter to the Gordita yeah. Chronicles. <laughs> Guys, yeah. make sure to check out Gordita Chronicles streaming now on HBO Max. Congratulations to you, Claudia. We wish you, you tons, yeah. tons of more success. Please keep telling our stories. We need you. Yes. Uh, thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you. One more so time. Fun. I want to come back. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Please. No, you can't come back. Okay, but we're saying okay. only only saying no so you could kind of oh, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Come Good. back and prove right. us wrong. Now, I have to yeah. convince you now. I have to make a case. I'm like, look, I didn't get to talk about this and that and whatever. Right. Please. I want to motivate it. Motivate. Please bring me back. Ooh. Nice. Hi, we would love to have you back. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Thank okay. you. Thank you, guys. What an amazing, amazing career this woman is having. I love it. Mm. Yeah. Fun interview. Yes. Yo, I always do the reporter script, like <laughs> random, like reportando en vivo, les informó Raquel Estrau Muñiz. Y regresamos al estudio con ustedes. But she did it. Like, she, that she was really real. Yeah, that yeah, was she, real. She was real, real, real. She, she was a real, real reporter. To, ready to go. It was perfect. Cue. It was perfect. I also love how um, Claudia's past and all the jobs that she's had have, like, led up to this point. I know that's corny to say, but she's been either reporting on our stories or writing about our stories and now really head writing and producing, creating something around those said stories. That to me is, is science. It, it can't happen any more organic, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And it also is a self-reflection 
moment. Um, I will say selfishly, sometimes I go to bed and I'm like, oh, am I doing this right? Am I on the right course? Should I put myself on a different course or should I just get out of here and ride out on a horse? <laughs> you know, like I always ask myself if I'm if I'm making the right decisions. And it sounds like you never know if you really make the right decision. But then five, 10, 15, 20 years later, you're like, yep, those I were the right it. decisions. Those, th- those were the right courses so that have course, led me to here. So the course leads you to the right course eventually. Yeah, I think I think that's the theme I'm seeing. Got you, got you. You're right. And she look, she that. she almost you know can she can thank Donald Trump for kind of right. That was officially wild, steering her wow. into TV because she's like, I don't want to, I don't want to do, rip, I don't want to talk about this guy. Wow. If I stay really... in the news, if I stay in this news field. I'm going to have to talk about this guy and look at this guy and listen to Every this guy. Every day. So it was like, you know what? Let me let me officially change course. I've been wanting to. This is my uh He can do that. Know, he can, this he is can my sign. Take. This is my sign that I need to. This is my orange um <laughs> gross looking, you know, sweaty Cheeto looking that I need to change my way. I need to change my um profession or, you know, revert to go to um writing and look and she also the age thing you know yeah you know she started at officially on tv at 35 and and um that proves that if you got if you got it if you got the skill if you got the talent and with a little bit of you know luck you can still get um, in um you can get in there and, and luck is what you make you know is luck is also about like your preparation and being in the right place and meet right people but she's she's doing it and now and um but she's cool too and that's the day like the interview really was like uh it was not it was not hard to 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 get like through the interview it was like i mean she's a writer and you're a writer hello like yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> hello. hello hello that was really fun um okay well check out Gordita Chronicles, it is streaming now on HBO Max. If you don't have a subscription, hit one of us up. Frank knows a guy. Yeah, I got somebody. Don't worry about it. I got okay, somebody in the Heights. Hit us up in the DM. We'll figure it out together. We'll work Fire it out. Six, I got it free you know, from my phone plan. Show. I got it free from my phone plan, so I can't. Oh, I, can't I got you. I got out. you. I got somebody up there that messes with that, too. Yeah, anything you guys need out there. LOLeros, just hit us up. Frank knows a guy. Frank knows a guy named Max. There you go. <laughs> H, they call him HBO Max because he's he got the he got the hookup. And his name is Max. His name happens that's to perfect. be Max, so that's kind of it's just a coincidence. But it's it's that oh, is a man. coincidence. Wow. Um, actually, there's a lot of Maxes in my family. One was just born the other day too. I'm like, all right, cousins, how many Maxes? Maximiliano. Maximiliano. Maximo. There's like mad Maximos. I have like how Max. Yo. Can we name somebody Maxi like Mini Pad? Maxi Pad, Maximo. How about a Minimo? Can we get a Minimo? Everything's about a Maximo. Anyway, um, this was a great episode. I'm so happy to hear our stories being we're told. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting They're there. learning about us, Frank. This yeah, they, show is going to teach a lot of people about Dominicans. So oh, thank man. you. Get thank ready, you to America. Get ready. We're fun people. We have great stories. We have good music. We have great food. And there's a lot of plight. There's a lot of like struggle and in our stories. And the world needs to hear about that. Okay. And get educated. You know what else needs the world needs to hear? A gallo gay.
time for Keloke. Kelo yeah. what? Kelo who? Keloke. Yeah, we've got some Kelokes. Anybody want to go first? Yo, I got to show some love to Yellow.com, you know, like oh, we always right? do. Yeah, yeah. It's the go-to Latino measures and lifestyle platform. And this week they share what went down at the Canelo Triple G press conference. Ooh, I can't wait for that one. That's going to be good. Juicy, juicy. The third time. This is going to be the third, the third, third fight. Yeah, so yeah. This, is a, this is a preview of the rematch. It's going to be serious. Oh, man. Um, if all you boxing fans, check it out on Yero.com. Um, and, um, and check me out, Jay Ferns, Instagram, Jay underscore Ferns, Twitter. Well, okay. That's all, folks. All right, all right, all right. Frank, Frank, what you got? I just want to give a shout out to you or whoever gave me the, or whoever gave us the, the comps to go to the, to the HBO event. It was really, very, very, very nice. Uh, it's always good to go, you know, see our, all well, our peeps. So you're trying know. to get another comp for another yes, premi- yes, career Jamie, premiere. You got it. Yo, I just want to give props <laughs> to the people that gave us those passes. If there's any other event, you already you know. know. I'm, I'm I, always well, here, man. I'm always this- here. Frank, on this one, we have Claudia to thank because Claudia reached out and wow. personally invited. And I was very, very, very pleased to yes. see that come across. Um, yes. And it felt really good to go. And it just feels really good to support. Yes. Shout out to Claudia then. She uh, she hooked it up. It was a good, I had a good time. And then, of course, where'd we end up at? We didn't even talk about, you know. Oh, we, we ended up back uptown, you know. Back uptown looking for some chimneys, but yeah. we actually we found another spot, so that was good. Yeah, yeah. I was in just such a Dominican mood. I'm like, yo, let's go uptown. Let's hit up the chimney truck. I'm feeling Dominican. Let's go set up some fireworks. Come on. <laughs> it's one of those feel-good shows. Okay, Michael, okay, not much going on. I mean, we got July 4th coming up, so that's gonna be a fun weekend. I'm really looking forward to. Uh, I'll tell you about that after after July 4th. Um, so uh just follow me. At Rachel La Loca, R-A-C-H-E-L, La Loca. And also do me a solid. Do me a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors. Okay. But please, LOLeros, give us a rating on Apple. Give us a rating. Give us some stars. Estrellitas. Estrellas. Give us some estrellas. And wherever you listen to your podcast, there might be some opportunity to leave some feedback. I ask that you do that. Just let us know how we're doing, what you like. Uh, if you don't like something, let us know too. But we want to hear from you. Yes. Please leave us a review. That all rhymed. That all that rhymed. I just want to say I'm a lyricist. Uh, okay. That's impressive. That's impressive. Uh, also, uh, shout out to our behind the scenes crew. Whoop, whoop. Augusto. Pablo, Augusto. And of P-P. course, Mitzi. And of course, Mitzi. Um, PDP, PDP. They're the ones that you you can't you don't you're not hearing them but they're 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 here they're always watching and they're always doing a great job for us amazing oh, yes. like Tony the Tiger great Grrr. like that kind of great yeah finger <laughs> in the air um, thank you so much Sonoro and thank you so much listeners you keep listening so I'm gonna keep thanking you and on that note we out. Brrah!